Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, we're going to be talking about startup businesses. And with me today is Zach Storms. He's the founder and chief organizer of Startup TNT here in Edmonton, Alberta. Welcome to the show, Zach. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Zach, tell me right off the top here, you you work with startups each and every day. You are a startup yourself at one point. Uh, you've been an entrepreneur for quite a while. Tell me, what do you think every entrepreneur needs to know? What are, would be the top three things? Uh, you know, this is this is a tough question. Uh, you're you're starting us off with like I think a really challenging one to answer, but uh, I'll give you you know I kind of think of this one from a first principle standpoint. Okay. Um, so if I think about what you're trying to do with your life as an entrepreneur, so actually starting off with like what are you trying to accomplish? Like what is it you want to do? I, I speak from personal experience there, where I was, I think I've known for a while generally where I wanted to go with my life, but I definitely spent quite a few years sort of dabbling on things and trying things out that I wasn't really passionate about. They weren't really what I wanted to do. So understanding what you want to do, what you want to accomplish is kind of like step one for any entrepreneur, or really any person. And then in your business, I think really understanding the problem and the customer, um, I'll kind of lump those two together. Understanding yeah. the problem and the customer um, is quintessential and being able to really identify with and be passionate about that problem, that customer base, what they're trying to accomplish, because you spend your entire life getting through uh, that as an entrepreneur. Um, and a third yeah, one. The, the third thing, what should you know? Um, I guess, you know, this was one that I feel like a lot of people have told me and I didn't fully internalize and appreciate until I started the journey myself, yeah. which is the relationships you're building are, are at the end of the day, what leads to your success, I find, as an entrepreneur, really in life, but particularly mm -hmm. in business, and particularly in the startup life. All the relationships you're building, those are all people that are going to help you, they're going to invest in you, they're going to join your team, they're going to be your partners or your customers. Like The value of those relationships, it's really hard to overstate how important they are. And for me personally, I didn't really understand that until I started going through the journey myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love that last one because it truly is uh, so, so important. And I like what you were saying in terms of that you didn't really internalize that until you'd kind of gone through it. And that's one of the things that we hear all the time from entrepreneurs that we're interviewing is just how much you kind of almost have that have to have that lived experience sometimes. Right. And so people can tell you what you should be doing. But it's just a matter of actually getting in there and executing it is uh, the only way sometimes you can learn. Yeah. But with this podcast, we're hoping that, uh, you know, people listening to this will be able to take some of this and internalize it. And, and when they're hearing the same stuff over and over from different entrepreneurs, hopefully it'll sink in a little bit more. And that one is one of the big ones. So and speaking about relationships and building relationships, I mean, Startup TNT is something that is completely about that experience, about connecting people, about building relationships and connections within the startup space. And now you have the investors coming in and, and everybody else, right? So it's a it's a full-on ecosystem there. Um, why don't you tell us, I guess, what was your, um, you know, the, the the reason why you started this? What was the the impetus behind Startup TNT? Yeah. Okay. Awesome question. Uh, it's all very personal for me too. Um, I might, I might go back to the, the one to two year period before I launched TNT where I was working on building my own companies. I'd finished a PhD. I was finishing up an MBA. I spent my entire life in academia and I was a really good student. And this was like now Zach is a professional person trying to go out and do things. And honestly, the journey, like many entrepreneurs, 
wasn't that smooth. And uh, I was trying things out. They weren't really working or they weren't working the way I thought they were. Um, I was kind of, I felt kind of stuck in this early stage of the business idea where you have an idea, you're trying to validate it with a customer. And then you kind of realize it's not really working out quite right. Um, And honestly, I was getting a little bit lonely and depressed on that journey, feeling disconnected and feeling like a bit like a failure. Like I'd done a PhD in an MBA and now I was like a, a, a failed entrepreneur. At least that's how I thought at the time. Uh, in retrospect, it's all part of the learning experience, like we're talking now. But when you're in it, it definitely feels very painful. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, on a very personal level, I actually went to see a doctor at the t- time because I was having like what I thought were concussion-like symptoms, hmm. and I thought that I thought that maybe I'd had a concussion recently that I couldn't remember or something was going on. And the doctor was like, "There's nothing wrong with you." And it was at that moment that I kind of realized, "Oh, this is like stress and depression." from being so stressed out about, about trying to build a company and not enjoying my life, not having yeah. my values all out of whack. Um, so I, uh, I kind of went back that whole relationship concept and was like, what, like the point of what I'm trying to do here is just have some fun and make friends with great entrepreneurs and help build great companies here in Edmonton. Um, and so I, I have a PhD in chemical engineering. My supervisor used to take us out for drinks every single Friday, did that for about five years, all through my PhD. And I said, I want to start doing that with other entrepreneurs every single Thursday. I want to meet up with other entrepreneurs, other scientists, other investors. I want to build a relationship with them. I want to join their companies if I need to. I want to help build great startups. Like this is what life should be about, meeting great people, building great companies, not going through this journey lonely by myself, feeling depressed. So yeah. I launched the happy hour. I called it Thursday Night Tradition, Startup TNT. That's what TNT stands for, Thursday Night Tradition. On May 16th, 2019, my 35th birthday. Uh, and we've been meeting every single week ever since. This is actually week 176 today. Um, and from the very beginning, I wanted to be about building relationships and, and, and you know, entrepreneurs meeting each other, entrepreneurs meeting investors, things kind of happening organically over good times and good conversations at a brew pub because I, I really like beer. Um, yeah. But I also was very much interested at the very beginning to, to address the problem of how do we help raise more money for these startups at these early stages? And how do we get more local investors, more people with the means to invest in our local entrepreneurs? And so the happy hour was like the starting point. But then what we do today beyond the happy hour is we run these investment summits where the whole goal is to actually raise money for a local company bring new investors into the community and, and the investors work together as a team to select a company for investment. So, you know, the inspiration was on a very personal level, you know, I guess on a few levels, on a personal level, it was, I wasn't enjoying my life and I want to meet other great entrepreneurs, but I also wanted to be investing in great entrepreneurs. And I want to do it with more people. Um, so I invest myself with, with the other investors at the table. So that was kind of like two levels there that. Yeah. My personal needs. Well, <laughs> Well, and what a journey, right? Because I, I mean, this is amazing where you've gotten to in such a short period of time. So three years, right? Yep. It's been, yeah, been three, years. Over three years. Since the first happy hour, about just over three years. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and through COVID and everything else, which would have limited a lot of that ability, but it's, it's really quite remarkable because you've created this uh, place that, that now we have all these businesses that are being fostered out of it. So how many, I, I don't know what you'd call them, graduates of uh, Startup TNT. What what would you you label the people who? Well, sure. Well, here, I'll, I'll answer that question by giving you just a quick, giving everybody a quick summary of how it works. So sure. we usually get, like, let's take Edmonton as an example. We'd run two summits a year in Edmonton, and we usually get between like 25 and 35 applications. And then the investors, we often have about 25 to 35 investors as well. So 
The, app, the investors screen the applicants, we select the top 20, and that top 20 go through due diligence. And every couple of weeks, some get eliminated, some move forward. And at the end of it, there's this big public event called the finale, where the top five companies pitch and the investors make an investment decision live at the finale. Yeah. Uh, as a minimum, we go into one deal, but actually every time we've done it, we've seen at least like two or three deals happen because investors get excited about multiple deals. So if you just count the deals that have happened, uh, not everyone who's participated in the actual program, if you just count the deals, it's 50 companies yeah. that have raised $7 million from over 200 investors now, because now we're actually operating Edmonton, Calgary, uh, all of Saskatchewan, and we just launched in Manitoba. So yeah, like uh-huh. you say, it's actually pretty spectacular growth when I think back to just three years ago hosting a happy hour with some friends, having some fun on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, completely. Okay, so now the business guy in me is is wondering, okay, what's the business model for Startup TNT then for Zach Storms? Yeah, you know, and from the beginning, um, one of the challenges I wanted to address was how do you efficiently syndicate angel checks into local deals? Because honestly, doing an angel deal can often be um, like relatively high cost or relatively small check. Like a lot of traditional angel deals are like doing things by pen and paper. It's quite a bit of work to like sign the paperwork, get it all done. It's a lot of work for an angel to do the due diligence. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's actually a lot, quite a bit of work to properly do due diligence to invest in the right deal. And yeah. so working together with other angels, you spread all that work out among many minds um, and many different hours available from people over a few weeks. And then also we work hard to make that syndication process as friction-free as possible. So we're structured as a not-for-profit because we view all the angel deals as proper angel syndicates. The angels are doing the work. We're structured as a not-for-profit. The angels do pay like a participation fee, um, but the not-for-profit makes most of its um, income through grants and sponsorship. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah. long-term, we are looking at launching a, a proper venture capital fund. In fact, we're hoping to close our first fund at the end of this year, um, which could then provide some additional um, revenue sources to the, uh, to the not-for-profit over time. But for now, it's uh, basically grants, corporate sponsorships, and some program fees. Well, and the sponsorship part of it really makes a lot of sense because, I mean, you have such a unique group of people that a lot of people would want to have access to, right? And so as you continue to build that network through all the relationships and so on, now you have something valuable that you can market to people who want to be in front of those people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's working really, really well. So we got some great corporate sponsors that serve entrepreneurs and all the entrepreneurs that participate in our program. We try and work to do handoffs where it makes sense, make introductions. And, you know, you were asking like, what is, how do we define like a graduate of our program? You know, pretty much anyone that goes through the program through the top 20 uh, process, uh, we like to think of as a participant and alumni, uh, but only a handful actually get deals at the end of it. So how do we best have, like, this is a, a common question I ask myself, how do we make sure that we're bringing a lot of value to the majority of the companies that don't end up raising capital? So yeah. referring them to some of our partners, for example, uh, is one of, the, one of the key ways to do it. Yeah. And the partners you're talking about, are some of those are sponsors, some of them might not. Some be. of them are sponsors. Some of them are just um, like in-kind collaborators. Some of them yeah. are actually some of the funding bodies. There's a lot of programming and support services out there for entrepreneurs that we know really well and we try and refer our entrepreneurs to them as much as possible. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious because uh, at the beginning you were saying how you, you know, were in academia and then you wanted to pivot out of that, start your own business. And then you felt like you were a bit of an entrepreneurial failure, but it didn't sound like you were, you know, doing that for a tremendous amount of time though, either. Right. And so uh, this, the, the mindset piece of it, uh, the shift from academia to being an entrepreneur, was that something that you always 
aspired to something that was in the back of your, your mind, or is this something that you developed a, an, an urge or a desire to become an entrepreneur because of something that happened in your later part of your life? Well, you know what? I, um, I kind of look at it as up until I was about 27, um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I was quite good at academia in all through like elementary school, high school, undergrad, I have a PhD, I did an MBA, like I actually really excelled at that kind of like book learning environment. I really did. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed writing, I enjoyed reading, I enjoyed learning things. And so really excelled at that. But when I came to finishing my PhD, when I was about 27 at the time, this was like roughly 10 years ago. Um, that's kind of like when I made a decision, which is, you know, I don't want to just purely go into academia, because I did a PhD, and I did really cool research, and I loved it, but I, it still felt kind of far removed from immediate impact on the mm-hmm. world, immediate impact on society. And I really wanted to look at all the science and technologies, like, how do we how do we transfer this into real technologies and products that are making an impact, um, you know, on the world, on society? And so there's also a lot of things about, I think, business that actually appealed to me, uh, just in terms of the social aspect, um, yeah. you know, being part of a team, being a leader, building things together, like really appealed to me um, beyond just, you know, traditional academic roles. And so I kind of, it was kind of at the end of my PhD that I made this decision that I wanted to focus on building and commercializing technologies uh, rather than just purely doing academic research. And so that was kind of where I made the shift, but it was, it was a slow shift. So I spent probably four more years in academia working on projects that I was hoping to commercialize and build companies around. Yeah. It, I would say that I actually think I moved pretty slowly. Like it took me four to five years to kind of completely go from an academic environment to that more like entrepreneur environment where I kind of threw myself out there. And like, like you said, I, I threw myself out there and it was probably the first time in my life I really like, I would say like took a bit of a personal risk and did something a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Um, cause I was, like I said, I was, I was good at academia and this was different from that. Yeah. So in, and, and you said that it was a failure. So what did you learn from that? And what I, and I guess actually I want to change that question a little bit. So in working with all the companies that you've worked with, all the startups that have come through the program, the ones that you have now intimate understanding of what I guess could you have done differently that would have made your company a success? when you transitioned out of academia? Yeah. You know what? If um, any- it's interesting. Like the companies were failures, but I don't like in retrospect, I wasn't a failure. This is part yeah. of the process. You know what I mean? And maybe this is yeah, I like that. It's um, you know, I, I was personally not a failure. This is part of the journey. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, in academia, like maybe you fail a class in route to getting your degree in entrepreneurship. You might, go down the wrong, you know, you, you go down a road that doesn't work uh, before you find the one that does. Um, and so I think that was probably this, the situation for me. I think in retrospect, you know, I probably could have arrived at the conclusion that these companies weren't working right for me sooner than I did. Um, I could have arrived at the conclusion that uh, I, was, I was taking a too, of a, too much of an academic approach to building my business and what not an entrepreneurial one. Hmm. Um, and so it probably took me about two years, I would say, like I, if I think back to my life, there was about two years I spent really trying to build a company or a few different companies and they weren't really working. You know, it would have been nice if I gotten through that in six months or one year rather than two. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't know how realistic that was. <laughs> you you, you kind of have to do it for probably so at least six months, maybe 24 months. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, like you said, you have to learn by doing. And, and sometimes you experience the failure to, to learn properly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in those companies that did fail, is there anything that now that you know that you would have liked to have been able to apply back then 
Um, that- well, I think like talking about like question that you started off with and like really understanding your customer and the problem and being passionate about that. You know, yeah. I think those companies, um, I was still in a bit of an academic, academic mindset when I started, which was like, I have this really cool technology I'm working on. Let me figure out a way to apply this to a really cool problem. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, I'm really passionate about this problem and this customer group. And I know them better than anyone else in the world. And I can build a really awesome solution to service them. Um, and I'm, I'm uniquely qualified to make this happen, which is how I look at startup TNT and how I look at like, yeah. you know, I joke that like I, I, I my full-time job is to run a happy hour, but honestly, um, <laughs> when you think about like lean startup methodologies, like try things small, see if they work, iterate, and then grow. Like this is what we've done at startup TNT. Like instead of me launching a venture capital fund, which is kind of like where I was thinking we could go eventually to invest in local startups. I was like, let's start a happy hour and yeah. bring it together. Um, let's get investors to write up really small checks. Well, small relative to what a venture capital fund would be receiving. Let's get investors together to write $5,000 checks and work together as a team to raise a few hundred thousand dollars for some local companies versus trying to raise a five or $10 million fund. So when I think about this, like I was just from all those mistakes I had made in trying to build previous companies, I was like, okay, this is the actual kind of like steps you can take to try things out, get feedback and see what's working. Um, and so I, I do actually look at all of that as actually good training for when I finally launched Startup TNT, the thing that actually worked for me. So like, it's almost, I don't want to say everything happens for a reason, but um, <laughs> that's sometimes how it feels. It's like, you had to go through that. And then the timing kind of worked out to launch Startup TNT on like a personal level and just kind of like what was going on in the community at the time. It was actually just really good timing. Yeah. So, so just peeling back, uh, I, I guess the, uh, uh, you know, the curtain a little bit to those early days when you were, when you, that first came to you that you wanted to do the the happy hour and that, did you have a vision for what the company or the organization was going to be then? And that, that it was going to eventually be something where you do have a fund that you can support entrepreneurs with some direct investment and so on, as well I, as the rest of the programming, or was it more, you know what, I just need, I need to socialize. I need some relationships. I need, and I love like you said, craft beer, yeah. don't we all? And so let's just gather some people who I like in a room and let's have, have some good chats. I, so I had a grandiose, somewhat amorphous vision for where I wanted to go, Okay, which had like some key bullets, which was like some sort of entity that was part venture capital entity, part grant funding entity, part incubator, incubating and supporting entrepreneurs. Like I had this vague idea that this is where I wanted to go. Yeah. How do I somehow get there? Yeah. Um, and honestly, I had that vague idea um, back when I was like 27. And I was like, I want to do something like this to help people like me that want to build, you know, spinoff companies. And I actually thought the first thing I need to do was go through the journey. So, you know, going through the journey of like trying to build a company, I actually viewed as part of this longer term vision for myself where I wanted to build. So I didn't exactly know how it was be structured, but some sort of entity in the future. Um, and then after doing that and like not kind of failing at building the actual companies themselves, you know, I still had this, this grandiose vision and I, and I kind of realized like, let me start with something more practical and tangible. Um, and I also had that personal challenge at the time, which was like, I just want to connect with great entrepreneurs. And I just, I, you know, I'm able, I have the means to be an angel investor. I feel like I haven't done it as well as I could be doing it. Let me do that better. Let me meet other entrepreneurs. Like, let me just kind of keep it really, really simple. And then at some point I can build back into that grandiose vision. 
Um, and I, I'd also say like now I've kind of taken that grandiose vision. It's not quite the same as it was 10 years ago. It's modified, but I yeah. was always thinking I had this kind of like shining light, which the theme is getting more private capital to invest in um, local entrepreneurs. And also like in particular, like spinoff companies from universities. So startup TNT raised $7 million now for 50 companies 16 of them were spinoff companies. 16 were hmm. spinoff companies from or built their technology directly with universities. So, you know, that's where I'm talking about that entrepreneurial road for me. It's like, instead of trying to build this grandiose thing, just get people together and start writing checks. And, you know, three years goes by and we've done $7 million. Like that's like, that's what's really incredible. Yeah. 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 It totally is. It's so cool. And the thing that I love about your story too, is that you were doing this while there's all these other organizations that have been, you know, kind of in this similar ecosystem, but are like, like heavily funded, uh, you know, with some big uh, government grants or, or, or investments from large uh, institutions and so on. So I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that and just um, where you feel like how you carved out the space that you found yourself in, I guess, yeah. in this larger ecosystem. Yeah. And we actually have like, it's public. We have $1.5 million worth of grants ourselves from the federal and provincial governments. Like, so that's, you know, some people might respond to that and say, well, you guys kind of are one of those entities yourselves now. And I think that's a fair no. Yeah. But it, it's actually always been really important to me from the very beginning, which is, you know, it's important that the entrepreneurs are the ones that are the driving force and this focal point, the centerpiece of your community. Like, the entrepreneurs, and I view myself as an entrepreneur too, you know, I'm building a, a not-for-profit entity, but I still view myself as an entrepreneur hundred percent. Yeah, like I'm building an organization just like all the other entrepreneurs building for-profit organizations. And I, I feel very much embedded within the startup community. Um, and it's just really important to me that you're always very close to the needs of entrepreneurs and you can empathize and experience them and you design your programs and your services to meet exactly what they need. And you really focus on something that you know, is a tangible problem that they're facing that you can help them solve. Um, and so I view that for both the entrepreneurs and the investors. And so it's always been really important to us that all the things that a traditional funding organization might call a program looks and feels a lot more just like the natural journey of people building a company and making deals and investing in companies. So yeah. happy hour is casual. I mean, you could call it a happy hour program if you wanted to, or you call it a networking event, but really it, at its core, it's just people getting together to build relationships over time. Uh, you could call our investment summit a formal program as well, because it is a formal program, but it's really structured and designed to be um, actual local angel investors working together to invest in entrepreneurs and just providing them with like the framework to make those decisions and some tools to make those decisions. Um, so this, I think, allows us to be I hope and stay a little more nimble um, and really close to the needs of the entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. but, you know, I, I will say that I think a lot of, a lot of entities don't have a different structure. They come from a different background and certain entities that are, if they're, especially if they're like a crown corporation or they're built directly from like the taxpayers dollars, it's just, it's sometimes it's just like quite hard to structure entity that way to do the job that needs to be done. And that's like, honestly, like a, a structural problem for, uh, for the community. Well, and that's the difference that I would say, looking from the outside into your organization versus others, is that it's you you nailed it, I think, with the nimble comment. There's a nimbleness there that you have. And I think that's driven from the just the entrepreneurial, you know, spirit and energy that you have. And so that just 
it really creates this because you guys are moving fast. Like you guys are creating some really cool things. You just opened up uh, a co-working space for the investor community, really, right? The yeah, absolutely. Investors. Yeah, like and and so there's like all these really cool things that are happening, and the fund is just right around the corner, and yeah. you've expanded into three provinces now. Like it's just there's there's things that are happening just so rapidly where if it's it it just doesn't seem to happen in other organizations that have much more of that institutional funding from. Um, yeah, so that's really neat. A, a question for you on just the uh, the structure of the organization. And so, uh, you know, obviously at some point you had to make a decision whether or not you were going to do this as a not-for-profit or for a for-profit organization. You chose not-for-profit. Can you walk me through why that was the choice? Yeah, you know, I think that fundamentally we we view ourselves as akin to another social enterprise or another community building group that might be serving a different community. Yeah, um, there's lots of you know not-for-profit organizations and social enterprises that provide services like sort of community building services, um, community organizing services, and we kind of view ourselves in that mold, but just focused on the startup community and focused on angel investing, um, or or maybe a, a more direct comparison would be like you know an economic development organization. Like we kind mm-hmm. of view economic development as the goal at the end of the day, um, you know, the long-term goal. Um, so that that's really the reason we did that. And I also you know, we could have taken a route to be a for-profit. I think that would just be a different approach and different model. But um, I, I'm really happy we're, we're taking a not-for-profit route. Um, I also just kind of look at, like, how do we measure our success? And the ways that I think about measuring our success, like, the revenue that we earn is not one of them. I'll be honest with you. Like, that's yeah. probably should be more top of mind for me. But it's just, like, the community impact, the number of new investors we train, the number of companies that raise money with us. Um, like, this is the things that matter to the organization. Um, and so I think that it actually makes a lot of sense to be a not-for-profit because we're looking for, you know, you know, organize, we're looking for funding bodies to make an investment in these metrics because these are the same metrics that they're trying to achieve in terms of capital invested, jobs created, um, you know, startups formed. So that's, that's the, that's the, I guess that was kind of a long answer. Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate that because I that is one of the things, right, that a lot of people don't even consider, I think, sometimes as an entrepreneur is to, that there is a not-for-profit model there that actually could make sense or more sense for them. And so uh, just because we're entrepreneurial doesn't mean it has to be for-profit. It can still uh, operate in a different way and still be extremely fulfilling. And, and uh, yeah, obviously the impact that you guys are making is just so amazing you wouldn't have access to potentially some of those other funds and so on because of uh, if you were for profit right and so it, it changes the dynamic of what you can build i think or and that uh, those yeah. relationships so i think yeah, it, really- it also just i really think it sends the right message to the entrepreneurs and the investors as well which is like yeah. we're doing this to build community uh yeah. not not as like a get rich quick scheme for zach yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> So, so what does the future hold for startup TNT? You mentioned that the funds around the corner, you're in three provinces or, or is the desire to be across Canada and, and, and beyond what, what's well, the, what's the future? You know, long-term, the desire is to have startup TNT locations across Canada um, yeah. and globally, like that is a long-term goal. And I'd say right now we're at this point where, you know, we've grown quite a bit just in the last year and a half, two years from a team of like officially a team of like two employees to now 10 employees. Yeah. And so working as a team, you know, systematizing what we need to systematize in terms of some of our processes and, and how we do things. And so, um, you know, structuring, like, what are the key elements that we need to launch a, a new city? 
um, figuring all kind of all those details, like that's what the next year looks like um, and positioning ourselves for success. And I think the, the venture capital fund is kind of like the final piece of our, of our long-term plan that can complement and uh, capture everything that we want to do. Um, and so getting that fund off the ground, um, you know, it's basically going to provide additional support to the companies post-investment by the angels. Um, and it'll also play a community building role where it's building up future venture capitalists who participate in the fund and get active in the fund and sort of building out a more vibrant venture capital community that is 100% what we need as a growing startup community. So kind of positioning ourselves for growth and then uh, launching that venture capital fund, the last kind of piece. Um, and then, listen, we're ambitious. We want to be in 100 cities over the next 10 years. So we got to get we got to get all our ducks in a row to position ourselves for scaling. <laughs> that's, that's the guiding light. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love the scaling that you're talking about because, I mean, that's exactly what all the investors want to hear from all the companies that are coming through uh, the program, right? So uh, it's all about scaling. Yeah, one thing that I'm I'm curious about, just from your perspective, and, and also from what you've observed with all of the entrepreneurs that you have interacted with over the last number of years, um, whether that was socially or whether that was through some of the companies that you guys are invested in or whatnot, um, what do you think is, is some of the biggest challenges to the entrepreneurial lifestyle um, that we as entrepreneurs run into? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of, like the first one I think is financial. Like um, it's hard to figure out when to get that company started. Um, And I think maybe this is also one learning I had, which is like, do you need to quit your job today and go start a business? There's different philosophies on this. Some people are like, you want to be an entrepreneur? Just quit your job and go do it. And just like make it happen. Yeah. Put yourself yeah. out there. Like just get started. Start selling something. Like start making money for yourself. And like it, it actually feels really good and it's really satisfying. And it's really confidence boosting to even just do that as like a consultant. You know, that's like entrepreneurial. Like I'm just going to, okay, I have a service I can offer. I'm just going to do this or just make some sales. Um, I did a little bit of that and it felt really good after, you know, failing to earn the income for a while as an entrepreneur. But that's actually a big challenge. So I like, the trade-off there. So um, a- another approach, which is actually what I did at Startup TNT, is you're going to keep your job or maybe you have like a somewhat flexible job and you're going to slowly build up your startup to the point where it's now a full-time job. And that's, I actually kind of recommend that approach, to be honest with you. Like different, different things work for different people, but that approach is a little bit more, I think, uh, de-risked and it's a little bit better for your pocketbook and pay your mortgage and be a a financial contributor to the household rather than just relying on your spouse, Um, you know, which, which is draining on the family. So I don't know that the whole financial situation, I think is actually a really big challenge. And then the second challenge is as an entrepreneur, you get completely engrossed in your work and it like take, like consumes you. It takes over your life. And so I know the all entrepreneurs experience this where like they can't let work go. And like, how do you, for a healthy lifestyle, how do you maintain like, you know, family life, personal life, personal time, uh, because you're always thinking about your business. So yeah, it's, like, it's both exhilarating and like all consuming at the same time. And that can be draining on you. That can cause problems. Well, and I know you have a young family as well. And so how do you personally balance that? Because like you said, you're very much an entrepreneur. You're building startup TNT and you have a lot of events, a lot of networking things that you're doing. I, I mean, I see you <laughs> the whole sorts of different things popping up, right? So you're in the news. Uh, and so how do you manage that with a young family at home? And, the, and your, your wife also has an extremely uh, busy schedule, too, that takes her away from the family, too. So Yeah, you- right. So my wife's a city councillor. 
Uh, yeah. She's often busy in the evenings at events. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't have like, I don't think I do this like better than other people. I think I struggle the same way everyone does. Uh, but I do focus on like, I have a young daughter. She's six years old. So I do focus on spending time with her uh, after work every day. I pick her up from the daycare at five. And I usually, I usually spend time with her. Um, and then after she goes to sleep, I often end up having to do more work. Um, but, you know, that life, I'll just admit like that lifestyle, I feel like sometimes I, I kind of just do work life and family life with my daughter. And I don't do a whole lot of personal life for Zach. Like what about me getting exercise? What about me pursuing my own interests and things like that? I try to align as much as possible. You know, like I'm a volunteer ski patrol. So that's kind of a combination of personal time for me and family time because I take my daughter with me. So like we have similar interests um, and then it becomes a family, a family affair for the entire family because Karen comes with me quite frequently as well. So I don't know. These are like the kind of like little tricks I like to do, which is, how can you think about everything you're doing in life and making it all, all aligned? But you know what? Do I check my phone too much? Yes. Do I, do I answer work emails when I shouldn't? Yes. Uh, so I don't know. It's a challenge that we all face, but I don't have an answer for it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, and there's a part of uh, society that kind of beats, beats us up about that, right. A little yeah. bit like, and, and I think we beat ourselves up about it too, because we feel uh, that we're supposed to be, you know, guilty for some of that, but it, it's, it's just a different, kind of lifestyle. And so it's funny, like my son, he's 17 years old and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do after high school. Right. And so, uh, you know, one of the comments he, he made to me, he's like, ah, dad, I don't, I don't think I want like what you do because, you know, like in the evenings, you're often at your, at your desk, at your computer and stuff. And, and it's like, yeah, that's, that's a trade-off though, that I have in the sense where I have a lot more flexibility in my day where I can, uh, you know, as you were younger, I could be at the school participating and volunteering with different things and coaching you with the air sports teams and doing all these different things that would have taken, made it really difficult in other kinds of professions. And so, so it's, it's that, it's that trade-off and it's a, the interweaving, like you said, uh, where a person can kind of, kind of bring the personal into the professional and it all kind of becomes one. I don't think there's necessarily a bad thing or that's a bad thing all the time. I, I think that, uh, that yeah. you can do it. You can make it work. I agree. It's, just, it's kind of like the modern world. Um, that's mm-hmm. just kind of how it works. So you just got to figure out things that work for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, very good, Zach. I, I really appreciate you coming down today and, and just talking about all of the things that are happening over at Startup TNT, the passion that you have for for startups and for entrepreneurialism. And, and that is just, you know, it's totally evident. I love the fact that, you know, you just finally got frustrated and just said, I'm just going to do a social and it's become this amazing initiative, this amazing organization that is just going to put such an impact on our local community, but all these other communities that you're that you're uh, going to be touching as well as you guys continue to expand. And so I just, I applaud what you're doing over there. I'm a really big fan. Well, thanks so much, Lance. And um, I want to give like one plug to uh, upcoming events. So October 6th, yeah. top 20 pitch night, encourage listeners to check us out. We'll be in Edmonton, Calgary, Regina, and Manitoba or uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. And so simultaneously? November, is that- yeah, simultaneously. Pitch nights for top 20 companies in each one of the summits from those regions. Okay. And then the finale is November 17th. So if you go to startuptnt.com, you can find all the information. Um, and then also, I just want to give like a big thank you to my team at Startup TNT. We're a 10-person team now. I met my co-founder, Tim Lin, at the happy hour at week six. 
Um, I watched the happy hour together. We have built everything else every step of the way. Um, and most of the team members that we have right now, we've actually met through Startup TNT, through, through the investment summits, through the happy hour. So, you know, just a, just a really nice thank you to everybody that's out there and hope you guys keep coming back to uh, have some fun, make some friends and build companies together. Definitely. Well, I look forward to seeing you at an upcoming event as well as anybody else who's listening to this. Come on out. Let's have some beers and uh, talk entrepreneurship and startup and everything else. So thank you so much, Zach. Really appreciate it. And for those of you who are listening today, if you really like this episode, check out our archives over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. And of course, you can search and find us on all of your major plat- or podcasting platforms out there. So just search Amplify Your Business and you'll find us there as well. So until the next episode, everybody have a prosperous day and thank you again, Zach.